Well, hey, good morning once again. Uh, I am excited to be with you this morning to share with you what God has kind of placed on my heart for us as we kind of continue in this teaching series called More Than Forgiveness. And understanding that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, it's not just about giving, getting our sins forgiven and going to heaven. That there is a life that we are offered and we are invited into to engage in that's full of meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. Right? So we've been in this series since um, Easter Sunday where because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have this life. And we've talked about many different things. And we talked about this idea of repentance and how repentance isn't a threat to straighten up and behave, but repentance is this invitation to change direction. That if for those of us who are genuinely wanting to follow after Jesus, we will be willing to change direction. Meaning we will look at our life, evaluate it, and be able to go, yeah, probably should do something else here. Then we went on and we talked about humility. And how humility is a repentant act that turns us away from dependence upon self to dependence upon Christ. That everything we do, everything we say, everything we desire is to give glory to God and not ourselves. Right? It's about pointing people to Jesus, making his name known, making his name great, and, and not doing that for ourselves. And not trying to build our own kingdom and our own brand and our own kind of empire, if you will. But in act of humility, we say it's not about those things. It's about God. And then last week, Pastor Brian, our lead pastor, who's not here this weekend, talked about this idea of uh, forgiving love. And while our life is more than just forgiveness, forgiveness still plays a part of it. That God's forgiveness to us just doesn't just come to us, but it's meant to flow through us. That as we are forgiven by God, we can engage with each other in a forgiving way. Meaning we don't need to retaliate. We don't need to have revenge. We don't need to have the last word. Right? That we can forgive and move forward in this life that Jesus has for us. And so we've, we've looked at these different things and then we get to this morning. And this morning, what I want to talk about is this idea of rest. This idea of rest. That rest is a part of this life that God invites us into. Now, many of us think that rest is, is just a pipe dream. Like, it, it's not really possible to rest. Especially in our day and age, with everything that's going on, everything that's happening, everything we're responsible for, rest doesn't play a part. And in this series, we've talked about this idea that as followers of Jesus, we have this crisis of credibility. And I would submit to you that maybe in this area of rest is maybe where we have the biggest crisis of credibility. That those who follow Jesus and those who do not still run at the same exact frantic uh, space and time in life to try to get things done and achieve and do and more and all that kind of stuff. We have this crisis of credibility. Mahatma Gandhi says it this way. He says, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. If there's anything we can learn from Jesus in the scriptures, it's his unhurried pace. How he deals with people gently and kindly. As interruptions, as people who are trying to trick him into saying things. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not sarcastic with people. He's not mean with people. He doesn't dismiss people. But he lives at this unhurried life. And he does it in a way that goes, you know, I have something to do, but that can wait. 
He does it in this unhurried way of life. And so this morning, as we talk about this idea of rest, we just have to realize a few things. That the kind of rest God offers us is not just rest as you and I know it, but what I want to talk about is this idea of a holistic rest. Meaning it's a rest for our entire being, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, that we can be an entire being that is rested. Which means that holistic rest is more than a a few things that we've tricked ourselves into thinking it is. That holistic rest is more than just sleep. Right? This is not a message where at the end of it I go, you just need to get eight hours of sleep a night and you'll be good to go. Right? In our day and age, maybe that's not possible for us. Right? But the idea of just sleep is not it. And we've all done it before. We've taken naps or we've gone to bed and we wake up and we go, man, I think I'm more tired now than I was when I fell asleep. Right? And we have this idea that, man, if I could just, this like pie in the sky idea, if I could just sleep for like 15 hours, man, that would be great. No, it wouldn't. Like, can we just be honest and say that's not going to fix everything? Like, we're still going to be tired. We are still going to be tired. And so we have to understand that this kind of rest, the holistic rest that Jesus gives us and promises us is more than just sleep. It's also more than vacation. Uh, I, I, I get tempted into this a lot, specifically during busy seasons when kids are in extracurricular activities or things at the church, there's a lot going on. I tend to kind of look ahead past all the busyness of, of life and I say, man, once I get to that place and I go do that thing, I'm going to have some rest. I'm going to work to that. And we just have to understand that that's just, not, that's just not how it works. Right? We've all said it before or at least we've heard it. We come back from vacation and you go, man, I need a vacation from my vacation. And so we just have to realize that the kind of rest God is offering us or calling us into is more than just vacation. It's not just being, getting away. While there is something to be said about getting away and having time away from life and jobs and all that kind of stuff, that's important. That's not it. It plays a part in it, but that's not it. And then last, what we have to understand is that this kind of rest, holistic rest, is more than just days off. It's more than just days off. And those of you that are stay-at-home parents or retired, you kind of have this smirk on your face like, hang on, wait a second, there's a such thing as days off? And those that are retired are going, hey, you know, days off, that's every day. I don't have to do anything. And unfortunately, even when we have days off, we tend to fill them with things that need to get done. That we don't really take days off. Right, like it's a badge of honor. People say things like, I haven't taken a day off in 20 years. In doing a little bit of research, I found out that uh, in 2018, just five years ago, there were 768 million vacation days unused by American workers. 768 million. So if you find, if you find yourself at a, at a job, can I just ask the question, when was the last time you took a day off? Truly took a day off. We take days off to get things done around the house, take care of other things, whatever it may be, but we don't usually take days off to understand rest. And if we did, and if it was working, there wouldn't be 768 million days unused by American workers. And so we understand that 
this idea of holistic rest is more than these things. It's more than these things. And we, this morning, what I want us to do is turn our attention to God and to Jesus and kind of help him or have him help us teach us what this holistic rest means. Because there's two moments in, in early scripture, in, in Genesis and in Exodus. First of all, in Genesis, Adam and Eve are created on the sixth day, right? And if we know our, our story of creation, what happens on the seventh day is that God rests. Not because God needed to, not because he was tired from everything that happened, but he's setting up an example for us that within the kingdom of God, this is truth, that we rest to work. We don't work to rest. And within the kingdom of God, we rest to work. Unfortunately, here in our American culture, we've bought into the lie of the opposite, that we need to work a lot in order to rest. That's not how things work in the kingdom. It's not how things work. It's not how God designed life to be. There's also a moment in Exodus where God and Moses are interacting with one another. Just as the Israelite people were being freed and into into the wilderness. And and God tells Moses this. He says, my presence will be with you and I will give you rest. Which is significant because the Israelite people just spent many years brutally oppressed and working every day. From sunup to sundown. There was no rest. There were no days off. There was no vacation. There was a lack of sleep. And so God comes in, tells Moses, I'm going to give your people rest. And then we, we, we consider the, the, the travel through the wilderness. That doesn't seem very restful. And so what is it about this holistic rest that God offers us that helps us live as the same way as Jesus in this unhurried kind of lifestyle? That we can take time with interruptions and we go, even though it's an interruption of my day, I can, I can pause. That stuff can wait. I have this quiet centering about myself that says I'm okay and I'm unhurried and I don't have to rush. And so this morning as we dive into that, let's just pause and pray together. Jesus, we are grateful for who you are, for what you've done for us. And as we think about this idea of holistic rest, I pray that your spirit would teach us something new and that we would be willing to change direction. We would evaluate our lives and we would repent of how we are living in ways that is contrary to what you've designed it to be. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Mark chapter 1. Uh, and what's going on here is Jesus has been traveling around, doing a lot of stuff. He's busy, he's active, he's healing, he's teaching, all this, right? And so we get to this point in our story in Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 32. It says this. That evening after, the sun, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. I want us to, the first thing I want us to notice about this is the timeline that happens. 
because Jesus just kind of backs up everything that we've talked about. If you notice at the beginning, it says, after sunset, the town brought all the sick and demon-possessed to him. So this is late at night. This is late at night and probably goes into the nighttime. And then it goes on and we see, what does Jesus do the next day? Does he sleep in? No. He gets up while it's still dark. While it's still dark. No, so we understand just what we talked about earlier. Rest, this holistic rest that Jesus offers us is not just sleep. It's more than that. Right? We see him waking up. He's probably exhausted. He's probably tired. But yet he wakes up early before uh, or while it's still dark and he goes away and he has this time of prayer. Now, we're not really privy to what happens during this time of prayer, but we see Jesus kind of go away and pray by himself a lot throughout the scriptures. If you read through the Gospels, you'll see that happening over and over again. And there's really only one spot we're kind of given information or kind of privy to the conversation, and that's when Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he goes to the cross and experiences uh, the, the brutal death of the crucifixion. But what we have to understand is that Jesus here in these moments, as he goes away and prays, I think he understands prayer a little differently than you and I. And I think, I think this holistic rest begins with this idea of a call to remember. A call to remember. Much like Jesus in, in the Last Supper with his disciples, he takes the bread of communion, he breaks it, and he says, hey, do this, take this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he takes the cup. He says, take this in remembrance of me. And it's this idea that we need to remember something. That Jesus goes away to remember what is going on. And I think holistic rest begins with a prayer of remembrance. A prayer of remembrance. But what we're called to remember, I believe, is three things. Three things for us to consider as we call to remember. And the first thing is to remember who God is. To remember who God is. It tells us in Psalms 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. There's this call for us to slow down, to stop, a stillness, to be reminded of who God is. Right? And Jesus does this. He gets away and he he um, has this time alone, and we're not privy to it here, but we understand it within the Garden of Gethsemane that he has this moment of like remembering, like, hey, God's active. He's at work. He's, a, he's got something going on in our life. Right? There's plans going on. There's something going on, and we need to know who he is to know what that is. And so it's this call to remember that God, God alone is our provider. God alone is our healer. God alone is our ever-present help in time of need. He is all these things. And sometimes we let our life, or the busyness of life and our circumstances and bad theology t- teach us things about God that just simply aren't true. And so for us to get out of the busyness of life, to pull away, to step back, to slow down and to be reminded of God's faithfulness and goodness to each one of us, is a good thing for us to remember. And I think it's the beginning part that's going to help us experience this holistic rest that we're talking about. A second thing that I think we need a call to remember is this idea of who we are. Man, our identity is so important. 
And when we let our identity be formed by other things or by things other than God, we begin to get out of whack. And life becomes exhausting. We believe lies about ourselves, both positive lies and negative lies, that just simply aren't true. And when we take a step back and we remember who we are in the light of God, in knowing who God is, we experience some of this holistic rest. We, we, it says in Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That you, in and of yourself, have a, the mark of the creator on you. That you are his beloved. That you have been created in his image. It also says this in, in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. When we remember who we are, our true identity as sons and daughters of God, that we have been created in his image, that we are God's special possession, and there's nothing that you and I can do that's going to make God love us more or love us less. That we are secure in our spot. When we remember this kind of thing, it leads us to this kind of holistic rest that tells us we don't have to kind of put up this, this facade or wear these masks or keep this image up, whatever it is we're trying to do, but we are confident that God loves us no matter what and that we are his children. And then finally, I think it's a, it's a call to remember what we're called into. What we're called into. See, Matthew 28 18 through 20, is known as the Great Commission, says this. All authority, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. See, this life that we're called into is not just a life of laziness. Or to be stagnant. It's a life that's active and moving and aligning ourselves with the call or the plans of God for our life. It's a, it's a good practice for us to be in that ask the question of ourselves, what's the bigger picture here? What's the bigger picture? We can become so focused on our, just our own little life and our own little plans and our own little thoughts and our own little opinions that we miss out on the big picture. That God is actively at work redeeming all of creation, restoring all of creation, reconciling all of creation back to himself. And you and I have a part to play in that. But it only happens when we can begin by remembering who God is so that we can know who we are and that we can remember what we're called into. I'm a, I'm a visual thinker and sometimes just talking about stuff just kind of right over my head. I don't, I don't really get it a lot. And so I thought of a way visually for us to kind of pay attention to this, right? So I'm going to offer you two di diagrams up here on the screen. Uh, the one there on the left is going to be how we experience rest in our own power and what we do. And I, I think a lot of times we, we start with this idea of achieving, that we wake up in the morning and there's just a list of things we have to do, things we have to get done, responsibilities that we have that there's just no way around them. 
And we use this achieving to kind of form our identity. And we have this identity of ourselves based on what we've accomplished, based on what we've achieved, we are this. And this can be positive or negative, right? Like we can, we can be super successful and we can achieve everything, every dream that we have. And we could think of ourselves higher than we probably should. Or it can be negative where we, maybe we haven't achieved everything that we have, that we want. And we think of ourselves less than we probably should. Well, see, what the problem with this is, is that then our identity leads us to know God. It leads us to know God. And so our false identity, our false self that's built on what we've achieved or what we haven't achieved, teaches us something about God that is not true. That if we're, if we're successful or whatever it may be, that, that we think that this idea of God is, well, we must be doing something, right? This must be the kind of life God wants us to live, one that's just active, go, go, go all the time and achieve and achieve and achieve. While God invites us to slow down and to rest. Or it's a negative uh, idea of our identity. And we don't think very highly of ourselves. And we, we understand that maybe because we don't think highly of ourselves, God doesn't think highly of ourselves. And yeah, we know we're his beloved, but not really. And so let's try and work harder. Do you see how this way of achieving and this approaching rest this way just leads us into this rat race of life of just trying to do more, trying to do more. So maybe one day we can experience the rest God has for us. Friends, this is not the way of holistic rest that, that we see here in, in the kingdom. Instead, the diagram on the right is one that I would offer for you to consider how we experience this holistic rest. And instead of beginning with achieving, it starts with knowing God. That we take a minute and we pause. Before we get into the, all the to-dos and everything, but we just take a minute and we pause and we're reminded of God's goodness and faithfulness to us in our life. And we remember that. And maybe this morning, maybe you don't have a history with God. Maybe you don't even consider yourself a follower of Jesus. And so you go, how am I supposed to know God if I don't have a history with him, if I don't have uh, experience with him? And that's where I would offer you to pay attention to Jesus. Jesus tells us that, he tells his disciples that if you have seen him, you have seen the Father above. Right? And so that's why the Gospels are so important. So if you're new to this faith thing or this God thing or church thing, I would, I would encourage you to spend time in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. And just pay attention to how Jesus interacts with people. And as you learn about that and as you know about that, we, we see and understand and we know God more. And when we know God, when we truly know him and we understand him and we, we begin to process him and think of him first, we know ourselves. Our identity is rock solid. Right, because there's no way for us to know God and be wishy-washy about our identity. I mean, Scripture is very clear about our place within the kingdom and in the way God thinks and feels about us. Right, he says in Romans 5a that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so there's this identity for us that goes, I am a child of God. Nothing I do or don't do will impact my standing with Jesus. We have been offered this life. We have been forgiven. We have been made righteous. We are his children, his beloved. And when we are secure and firm in that identity, 
we align our lives with the plan of God for this world, and then we achieve. See, I think we've made this word achieve be a bad word in church, that we shouldn't strive for things, that we shouldn't go after things. That's not it at all. Success is not the problem. Achieving is not the problem. It's where we find our identity and where we find our knowledge of God that comes into it. And when we understand this, when we know God and we understand who he is and we're secure in our identity and we align our lives with his redemptive plan for all of creation, it will only drive us to know God more. It will only drive us to step back and say, you know what, God, I need to know more of who you are. Because unfortunately what's happened is we've kind of wanted and and prayed for God to align himself with our plans and what we want. And there's no rest in that, friends. Holistic rest comes from aligning our lives with what God's redemptive plan for this world is. And when we do, I'm not saying we're not going to be tired Our bodies will be tired. Physically, we will be tired. But there will be moments where we can say, man, my body is tired, but my heart is full. And when we do that, we can be in awe of the God who offers us rest in the midst of a busy season. And so this morning as we close, I want to give you three practices that we can do in order to help us kind of begin this this life of rest. Like how do we actually do this? And the, the first uh, practice that I, would, that I would give to you is something that we call breath prayers. So breath prayers are just small, short prayers that we use our breath to kind of say over and over again. Right? So as we inhale, we say one thing, and as we exhale, we say another. And I'm just going to give you this one maybe to take with you this week as we think about this idea of rest. And maybe we can even practice it together here in, in person and online is just a moment. And let's just take a deep breath and let's inhale together. And when we inhale, just say, I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And as you exhale, say, God, you give me rest. We inhale. I'm tired. We exhale. But God, you give me rest. It's a centering for us that that helps us to kind of slow down, to breathe. To breathe and to pray and to be reminded of, to remind ourselves that God is the one who gives us rest. Our working and our doing will never be enough to give us the rest that we desire. A second practice that we we can engage in is this idea of blessing. Is that before we interact with anyone, before we interact with our spouses, with our kids, with our coworkers, with our bosses, whatever it may be, that we say a blessing over them in our minds. That we say simply, and here's two that you can take and, and use this week. That before you interact with people, say this blessing over them in your mind, this blessing that says, May the Lord be with you. Or this blessing that says, You have been created in the image of God. And the more we do this, the rhythm of this kind of practice will help us interact with others in a way that is holistically restful for our souls. Right? We will will be able to interact with people. The more we do this and the more we say blessings over people, we'll be able to interact with them differently. And then finally, this third practice is what we call the prayer of examine. 
And this usually happens at the end of the day. There's, there's kind of four things that you can do, right? Uh, and so it's like a list of them a little bit. But one is just to become aware of God's presence with you. So at the end of the day, take a minute, kind of get alone, slow down, breathe a little bit, and just remember, God, you've promised to always be with me. And you are with me right now. And as you are aware of his presence with you, you begin to review your day. Think back. What happened today? What happened today? And then ask yourselves these, yourself these two questions. Where do I see God at work in my life? Where have I seen God at work in my life today? And how might I be more aware of God's activity in my life tomorrow? But it's this invitation to slow down, to breathe, to bless others, to be reminded of God's activity in our life. And I believe if we can understand and know who God is, we will better know ourselves and we'll better be able to know what God is calling us into. And so this morning as we close, I want to leave us with uh, these words from Jesus. And these words are, are really a warning for us. In Matthew 16, 26, he says this. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? We can continue on the rat race of life. You can continue to try to work harder and maybe one day you'll experience this rest. Maybe it's the, the retirement or maybe you have some kind of other idea in your mind that when we get to this place in life, then we can finally have rest. I just want you to consider this morning that that way of living is damaging for our souls. For our entire being, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And the holistic rest that God offers us is one that is rest for our very souls. That even though we may be tired physically, even though mentally we may be strained, emotionally maybe we don't know what to do, and spiritually we are without answers, there is a rest for us that says we know God we know who we are, and we know what we're called into. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're grateful for you. We're grateful that you offer us this life of rest, a holistic rest for our entire being, and not just physical rest. That it's more than just sleep, it's more than just vacation or days off, God, but it's this deep desire in knowing who you are. It's this deep relationship with you to be reminded of your goodness, to be reminded of who we are, that you call us sons and daughters, and to be reminded that you are actively working in creation right now to reconcile all things back to you and that we have a part to play in that. So God, I pray as we go this week, we would be a people who would be rested, holistically rested, knowing you, knowing ourselves, and knowing what you're calling us into. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name.